Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Turn your Bibles to Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1. Um, last week we finished up the book of Jonah, and uh, this week we're going to begin a new series in Titus. Um, I always feel a little bit funny about preaching the first few verses of one of the letters that uh, Paul or one of the apostles have written, because it's a lot of them, they sound alike. Uh, it, it introduces the, the uh, apostle who's, who's writing it. Um, he gives a little bit of description about himself, and he gives a, a greeting, but it is all of God's Word, and uh, I, I believe that there are some things here um, that we need to hear. Um, Titus is one of the pastoral epistles. Um, Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus are make up the pastoral epistles. Uh, they are called that because they're written to uh, a couple of pastors um, that were serving, that, that Paul had uh, trained up. And uh, they have a, a very practical character. Uh, they're, they're written to an individual. Most of the letters in the New Testament are written to churches, but here this is written to an individual. Um, and uh, one of the things you see in both Titus and 1 Timothy, which, which I had preached through before, um, is that they give a qualification list for uh, pastors. Uh, we'll, we'll see that next week. Um, another emphasis that you'll see here in, in Titus, as well as the other pastorals, is a, is a connection between life and doctrine. Um, it isn't good enough just to have right doctrine, but uh, a, a right doctrine will be matched with a, a holy life, a life that is lived, um, that is honoring uh, to God, that accords with godliness, as uh, Paul puts it here in the verses we're going to look at. So let's read our text, um, and let's hear from God. Titus chapter 1, verse 1. Paul a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. And at the proper time manifested in His word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. To Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your word. Lord, we pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Lord, that you would speak to every one of us as we open your word, as we as we look at it slowly, Lord, let it sink down into our hearts and change us. Lord, let your spirit unite with your word. Lord, that we might uh, taste you this morning. Father, be with me. Lord, I am weak and I need your grace and I need um, 
your help as I speak these words, Lord, as I, as I preach your word. Father, I need your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul begins naming his name, and then he tells us something about him. Now, one of the things I see here in, in this, this, these verses that we're looking at, uh, Paul identifies himself, and he says something about God. And, and I think it goes along with the text that we read earlier. God spoke to Job, and he put him in his place. Where were you whenever I laid the foundations of the earth? In order for us to live a, a healthy Christian life, we need to understand who we are, and we under, need to understand who God is, and we need to understand who we are in relation to God. And that is something we see here in this text. Paul, he understood who he was and who he was in relation to God. First of all, Paul calls himself a servant. He's a servant of God. And uh, that, that word there is the word for slave. He considers himself a slave of God. He is he's not his own man. He is to do exactly what God has called him to do. Uh, his life is no longer his own, but it belongs to God. Paul probably considered himself a servant of God before his conversion. Remember, when Paul was on that road to Damascus and he was ready to go and persecute Christians, he thought he was serving God then. And yet, Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and blinded him to make him see. Now, on that road to Damascus, Paul was converted and he was called to be an apostle. That's what we see here next. Not only is Paul a servant of God, but he is now an apostle of Jesus Christ. An apostle is one who is sent with God's message. We know of the twelve disciples that walked with Jesus during his earthly ministry. Those are most of the apostles. But remember, um, Judas betrayed Jesus. And uh, during, in Acts chapter 1, another was chosen to take his place, Matthias, as an apostle. But Paul here, whenever, whenever he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, God called him to be an apostle as well. And Paul was called to go to the Gentiles, specifically to be the one who carries God's name, Jesus Christ's name, among the Gentiles. He gives a reason now that he was called an apostle of Jesus Christ. His purpose, his mission in life boils down to what comes next. For the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth. Now, this word elect here, uh, it, it has been the source of much um, division uh, over the years. Everyone, though, has to believe in election. It's a word that is here in the Bible. To say there is no such thing as election would be to deny what the Bible clearly teaches. But the division has much, many times arisen between 
What is the basis of this election? Uh, there, there are those of one tradition that would say that uh, God looks down the corridors of time to see who is going to choose Him. And that's, that's one view of election. I, that's not my view of election. I, I think it's not the biblical view of election. But God has chosen those whom He will save. For the fa- sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth. But God has chosen to use human instruments to bring this about. He has chosen to send Paul here. He chose Paul to go as a preacher of the gospel. It wasn't some kind of a random thing where God like threw darts at a, at a board and, and decided who he was going to save and who would not be on that basis. But he chose to send a preacher. He chose to send an apostle and the apostles to go and proclaim. And God uses human beings to get the gospel out. And everyone who believes, if you're a believer here today, you can be confident that you are one of the elect of God. If you're a believer here, it wasn't because you chose Him, but it was because He chose you. Before you were ever born, before you were ever even thought about, God in eternity past looked forward and chose you. So Paul... He was working and laboring for the sake of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth. Let me back up the faith of God's elect. How are God's elect going to hear, to to believe? How are they going to come to faith and, and, and hear about Jesus and become saved, become Christians? They had to hear Paul and they had to hear the messengers who came and told of the gospel. It is our work. We have to do the same kind of thing Paul did in proclaiming the message. And we do this for the sake of the faith of anyone who is going to believe. There is a community out there full of lost people. And we go with confidence knowing that there are some out there who will believe whenever we share the message. Not because they're so good but because God has chosen to save. And He has chosen to use His Word. And He has chosen to send us to proclaim His Word. For the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth. Not only was His preaching to bring about faith to make Christians, but it was to make them grow in maturity. They were to know the knowledge of the truth, just as we are. The Bible isn't just to bring us to the point of conversion and then leave us there. But it is so that we might grow in the knowledge of the truth. We need to know the Bible. We need to know all of it. And how do we grow to Maturity, but by studying the Scriptures so that we learn of the knowledge of the truth and not just any truth. Here Paul says it's the truth which accords with godliness. A, rightly, a right doctrine will produce a rightly lived life. 
there, there are uh, those who will twist the scriptures. Uh, false teachers who arise. And often one of the ways that you can spot those false teachers is because they will not have a life that accords with godliness. One example of this is, uh, is a, a teaching. I'm, I'm going to give it a big name. But then I'm going to explain it. It's called antinomianism. Now, that's, that's a big word. You don't have to remember that. But this basically says that we are under, the, under grace now and no longer the law. So um, we, uh, we just are free and we can live however we want to. As long as we believe in Jesus, we're all okay. But the fact is, when we are truly converted... When we hold to a right theology, that's going to impact our lives and we're going to live a life of godliness. Not, not a, an earning our salvation kind of a thing where we try to live out uh, legalistic um, rules, but we will live out out of gratefulness. We'll live out our lives because we long and we love to please God. Verse 2, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. This eternal life that we are given when we are converted, when we trust in Christ, this eternal life is something that we can believe in because God promised it. God promised eternal life to those who believe, didn't He? God promised eternal life to those who believe. And it says God never lies. How do we know we can trust this promise? Because God never lies. Now, let's look at the next phrase. He promised it before the ages began. Whoa, what are you talking about, Paul? He promised this before the ages began. Literally, it's he promised it before eternal time. Before he ever created the universe, before he ever ever created anybody, before he created Adam, before he created Eve, he promised something. So who did he promise? Who was there? Who was there before eternal time? It says that God made a promise before eternal time. I think this was a promise that took place within the eternal counsels of the Trinity. That the Father and the Son made a covenant. We call this the eternal covenant of redemption. And in it, God promises to save a people for His Son. In the eternal covenant of redemption. Who was He promising to save? We look backward in verse 1. The elect of God. There's a lot here in this introduction to Timoth- to, 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 to Titus. A lot of times we read a, a, a text that's just the first few verses. It's just this greeting. But here we see so much depth here. Paul recognizes who he is. He's a servant of God. He's an apostle of God. He is working on behalf of the faith of those who would believe. 
And he recognizes that God has had a plan from the very beginning before time. Before eternal time. Before the ages began. God has had a plan. An eternal plan of redemption. Life as we know it is not just some kind of random course of events. It, It doesn't happen by accident. But God has a plan for the universe. History is marching on in a direction. And it is marching on not in the liberation kind of way that we see our culture about how the arc of history bends towards justice that we might see uh, among um, the, the progressives of this age. But history is marching on towards Jesus Christ and Him seated as King over all. God has a plan in the eternal counsel of His will to save all who believe on Him. Verse 3, And at the proper time manifested in His Word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. This was something that was secret and hidden in God's will from all eternity past, and we got hints of it throughout the Old Testament era. There were hints. There were hints like in Genesis 3.15 where there was the promise in, within the curse that there would be a seed who would crush the serpent's head. There, there, were, there were hints within the Old Testament like David's promise that he would have a son who would sit on his throne forever and ever. And when the proper time came, when Jesus came and whenever He lived a sinless life, whenever He died upon a cross, was buried and rose again and commissioned His disciples to go, that was the proper time where the Word was then unleashed and the apostles, as well as Paul, went out and proclaimed this message of salvation that God had planned from all along. And Paul knew who he was in this mission. He said, I have been entrusted by the command of God, our Savior. How do we know how to live in this world? We need to know who we are. If we are believers, we can say we are a servant of God. We are a slave of God. Our lives are no longer our own, but they are His. Doesn't mean we don't sin anymore. But ultimately, our allegiance is to Jesus Christ. He is our Master. And while we are not apostles like Paul was, we are called to go on a mission to go and tell just like Paul was. And we are to tell that old, old story. We are to tell that story of Jesus that we sang about this morning. We preach, not just the preacher, but each one of us as we meet in homes, as we go about our days, we are declaring wherever we go about Jesus. Jesus. 
Then he says, to Titus, my true child in a common faith. Titus was not Paul's biological child. It was his child in, he was his child in a common faith. I, I think what we see here is a pattern of discipleship. Paul was someone who, he, he discipled individuals. He called Timothy to himself and discipled Timothy and, and sent him out to be a, a pastor in Ephesus. And he, he, he called Timothy, or no, t- Titus here and he discipled him. And he taught him what it is to, to be able to follow Jesus. And he sent him to Crete to be a pastor there. And each one of us is called to be a disciple and a discipler, just like Paul. We are called to learn about what it is to follow Jesus, to study the Scripture and to walk with Him daily. And we are each one called to make disciples. Titus and Paul had a a relationship in which Paul was able to call Titus my true child in the faith. They had a relationship that was so close, he considered him like a son. God is calling each one of us into, if we're believers, He is calling us to make disciples. Find someone. If you don't have someone already that you're, you're walking alongside and training in following Jesus, I challenge each one of you to find someone. And if you don't know where you can find someone, pray that God will send someone that will put in your life so that you can walk with them and train them and point them to Jesus. Maybe find somebody that's not even a believer and evangelize them and train them. And don't drop them off whenever they become a believer. But keep training and walking with them and teach them to walk with Jesus. And then Paul says, he, he, he says what he says in so many of the letters. Grace and peace from God, our, God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. We could pass over this as just another greeting, but it is God's Word. Grace to you. He says this to Titus, and I want to pass this on to us. Grace to us. Grace to you. I've talked a lot about our responsibility to share the gospel, but when we have to remember, we are to experience His grace. Not to, to do things out of duty, but out of a sense that Christ has done so much for us. That He has saved us. We need to live in the reality of grace and not just out of duty. And peace from God the Father. We were once His enemies. We were once rebels shaking our fist at God. With no thought of Him. And yet, He sent Jesus to make peace with us. Jesus was our propitiation. He satisfied God's wrath. To make peace with us. So that we no longer are His enemies. But we can be called His children. Grace and peace from God the Father. And Christ Jesus our 
Savior. That was how Paul ended this greeting. And this is how I'm going to end today. I'm going to say it to you. Grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.